Anyone here ever been to the Great Wall of China? Anyone? Yes. Theo? Lori Beth? Awesome. Well, I've never been, but I think we all know what it looks like, right? It's one of those, one of those very well-recognizable um, feats of human engineering. And they say that the, they say that the Great Wall of China is like it's over 4,000 miles long. And as you can see, it's not exactly the easiest of terrain to build this thing through. And as many of you probably know, um, this wall was built in order to protect China from northern invaders. And so they made sure to build it really high so no one could get over it, and really deep so you couldn't just plow through it. And it was so long that it would be very hard to go those 4,000 miles all the way around it. And yet, and yet, numerous times in, in history, this wall had been breached. Numerous times, the northern invaders had gotten through here. And do you ever wonder, how on earth did they make it through that kind of wall? Well, apparently on a couple of occasions, what they did was they bribed the gatekeepers. <laughs> Your wall's only as secure as the loyalty and hearts of your gatekeepers. And today we are coming, we're getting near the end of the Ten Commandments, our Back to Basics series, and we're, we're going to do two commandments today, which simply says, you must not steal, and you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. And I believe that at the root of those two commands is something called integrity. Integrity matters in our lives today. And I've heard of one definition of what integrity is, and it's simply, it's doing the right thing when no one is watching. Doing the right thing when no one is watching. And as believers, the right thing is what is right and acceptable in the sight of, in the sight of God, what he says is right and what is not. And do you know, is it just me, or, or is finding people of integrity a little harder to find these days? Right? We all want these people as our friends, the people we work with. Should I say it? We wish our politicians were this way. You know, but it's just harder to find. I know that last year, Melissa and I, we moved to a new community. And when you move to a new community, you don't know who to trust always. And so, you know, we have old cars, and so you need to find a mechanic. And I've discovered that, you know, it's probably not wise to go to the first mechanic shop that you see because they're not always trustworthy. Dishonesty seems to be the order of the day sometimes. You know, there's some sectors where you just have to assume that people are being dishonest with you, that they're trying to get ahead. And usually people are dishonest for a couple of reasons. First of all, they want to protect something, or they want to get something, and then they want to protect something. So people are dishonest because they want your money, they want your business, and so they'll say things that maybe aren't true in order to get your money, or they'll say things that aren't true in order to protect themselves. Integrity is very close to the golden rule. You know what that is, right? The golden rule? Well, Jesus says it in Matthew seven twelve. He says, do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law in the prophets. One of the best things that integrity does, 
is that it fosters something we call trust. And trust is one of those, I don't know, one of those principal things when it comes to having a healthy relationship. In fact, someone once said that the glue that holds all relationships together is trust, and trust is based on integrity. And so we come to that first commandment today, you must not steal. And of course, I think we all know what stealing is, you know, um, taking something that's, that isn't yours. And I was thinking this week, I was thinking, you know, when was the first time that I remember consciously stealing something? Because, you know, I think we all can say at some point we have stolen something that wasn't ours. And I, I thought about it and I realized, yes, that's it. I used to steal from the grocery store. I did. I remember as a young boy with my two brothers and my mom, we would go shopping in this little IGA in a little town village called Verona, Ontario. And you know, as you walked in the front door, all the vegetables were out there on the one side. And as my mom was looking over the lettuce or whatever it was, I would be over at the mushroom bin. And it was just a big pile of mushrooms. They weren't wrapped in groups of four or whatever, nothing like that. And I remember multiple times just going and taking a mushroom and popping it in my mouth, many times. And my mom, every time she saw me do that, she's like, stop that. That's not right. That's stealing. And you know what I used to think in my head? What's the big deal? It's just one little mushroom. Just one little mushroom. But I've discovered that, you know, the big deal about it all is that I'm beginning to see that it's not the big things in life that determine where our heart is, but it's what we do in the little things. There was a story about Teddy Roosevelt. He was a former president of the United States back a long time ago, and they said that he used to own a ranch, a cattle ranch out in the Midwest, and one day him and his, one of his hired hands was with them and they were out on the range and they spotted this cow that wasn't theirs. It had no brand on it. And so legally that cow actually belonged to the neighbor because of where it was. But the hired man said to Roosevelt, he said, why don't we just put our brand on it? And Roosevelt replied, well, because it's not, it's not ours. And the hired hand says, so what? Who's going to know? And apparently, Roosevelt's response was, he got quite angry and he said, get home, go back to the ranch house, pack up your things, you're fired. I never want to see you again. Why? Because he said that a man who will steal for me will eventually steal from me. Often we think, you know, we think if we do good in the big things, the little things, they don't matter so much. You know, we can fudge things here and there. And yet, Jesus actually said the opposite. In Luke 16, Jesus says these words. He said, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are, are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? It's in the little things. The things, you know, the times when, when you, 
There's no penalty if you do the wrong thing. No one sees you doing it. You're not going to get arrested and thrown in jail. It's just those little things when there's no pressure. That's when what we do in those instances shows where our hearts really are. A few months ago, it was one evening, Melissa and I, we decided that we were going to have supper at Subway's. And so in Middleton, I remember we got our little stroller for Asa and we walked over to the subway. And for some reason that day, there was this big lineup. Like it was really slow service that night. And I don't know what it was, but it seemed like every other young couple had the same idea to come for subway that night. And so we had a couple in front of us with like a two or three-year-old boy, a couple behind us with a two-year-old girl. And of course, what do young parents talk about when you're sitting in line with all these babies and kids? You talk about your kids, you talk about parenting. And it was nice for once to actually talk with someone in the line instead of just standing there waiting for your order. And we got talking to this couple in the front, uh, in front of us, And I don't know if we were talking about how expensive things are getting, like the food, and it's just so expensive, and it's hard on families. But I remember them saying, in the most genuine, wanting to help a person out kind of way, they said, you know what you should do if you need to make some extra money? They said, you should go to Shoppers Drug Mart and buy their brand baby formula when it's on sale. And when you buy all that formula on sale, they said, go over to Superstore, which has the same brand, and return it without a receipt for full price. And this person, they were so sincere about it. Like, they thought that this was, this was like to help a person out, you know? And they said, we do this all the time. <laughs> and I'm thinking in my mind, that's, isn't that just like, you know, putting your hand into the cash register and taking the cash and running? That's stealing, straight up. And yet... I can only imagine what some of the thought processes of this young couple, who seemed like great people, I can only imagine what were some of the, the thoughts, the justifications on why this stealing from Superstore was, was okay. You know, think, you think like, oh, well, what about price gouging right now? You know, these grocery stores, they're taking all our money, they're taking advantage of the inflation, and they're adding to their profits. And this is just us taking back what is ours, right? You know, Robin Hood style, steal from the poor, rich and give to the poor. Or maybe they thought, you know, like, Superstore's like a multi-million dollar company, Loblaws. They're not going to miss a few bucks. Or, you know, that, that CEO, the president, what is it, Galen Weston, you know, he's probably got private yachts and he probably blows all this money at whose expense? The young families. And yet... I think, don't we do that a lot? Where we know something's wrong and yet we make these justifications somehow in our, in our heads of why, in this instance, it's okay that we do this. But my question is, do our, ex- our reasonings, our excuses, would they hold up in front of God? Do you ever notice that Jesus, he says some challenging things right? You know, don't we love it when Jesus challenges people not like us? You know, we think, oh, Jesus, go get those Pharisees. You tell them. You tell them what it is. You tell them how it goes. And yet, sometimes when the spotlight comes onto us, we're like, oh, this isn't comfortable. And one of those places is in Matthew 22, where The Pharisees, they're trying to catch Jesus. They're trying to get him to say something that'll make him look bad, something that they can argue with him for. 
And so they come to him with this, this trick question. They say, teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach the way of God truthfully. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now tell us, what do you think about this? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? Just want to stop there for a moment. Back in this time, the Romans ran Israel. They had a bigger army. They were stronger, and so they took over. And so these Jewish people, they were living under this ruler, this empire that they didn't want to live under. In today's mind, I would think, would it, would it be similar if, say, I was living in eastern Ukraine right now, you know, under some of the Russian-controlled area and having to pay taxes to the Kremlin because that's who was running the show in my area? It's similar to that. And so Jesus says, he says, he knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Why are you trying to trap me? Here, show me the coin used for the tax. And when they handed him a Roman coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well, then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And his reply amazed them. And they went away. You know why I find this verse so challenging for me? is because... What I hear the Lord saying is that do the right thing even to those people that don't do the right thing back to you. That's hard. That's hard sometimes. And you know, what I've learned about integrity is that living with integrity can sometimes just seem straight up unfair, can it? You know, isn't it so unfair that you know, other people are allowed to attack you and slander you and say things about you, and you have to just stay silent. You know, isn't that unfair? Isn't that just like, why, God? Why can't I just dish it back to them? They deserve this. And yet, I think we all know people in our lives that we've seen them take heat on something, and they could have responded. They could have, you know, landed a few punches, and they would have won the fight. And yet, they just stood there and were silent and took it because they had integrity in their lives. Taking the high road, it's not always easy, is it? I like what, what this one person said. They basically said, if you value your integrity, then be prepared to take a beating from those who have none. Because people don't always respond. When you take the high road, they don't always respond with the high road. They respond with the low road. And yet one of the most powerful things about the gospel of what Jesus said is that he said, no more are we doing this eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But instead, I want you to be different. He said, in Romans it says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. First Thessalonians says, See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. First Peter says, Don't repay evil for evil. Are you catching a theme here? <laughs> Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do. 
and he will grant you his blessing. And finally, one more. Jesus says, but I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Jesus, what? What are you saying? When someone gives you one punch, you're supposed to stand there and let them take another, another go at you? This doesn't make any sense. This isn't human res- natural human response here. It, even, it doesn't even seem right. It doesn't seem the justice way of doing things. And yet, Jesus says that through his power working in us, he can make us walk like him, that we can be like him and be this such radical difference in the world. And when we do it, God will honor our integrity. God will honor our integrity. You know what I love? I love this one verse in Psalm 37. Basically, David says, once I was old, or once I was young, rather, now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. It can sometimes seem so unfair that... God's calling us to take the high road when not everyone else does. But he takes care of his own. When we honor God, he honors us back. He takes care of us. He provides for us. And I heard this quote that said, every theft is actually a failure to trust in his provision. Whenever we take something that doesn't belong to us, we deny that God has given us it or is able to give us everything we truly need. The first commandment was do not steal, and now the second, still relating to integrity, is this. It says, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Essentially, in a broad way of saying it, it's just don't lie. Isn't it interesting how as kids, there's a certain age as a kid where it's really hard to lie. Right? I remember, I remember as a kid, I, had a, I have a younger brother that's two years younger than I was, and we decided, I think it was Father's Day, that we were going to make Dad some cupcakes or something. We were going to surprise him. And so we were upstairs making these cupcakes with Mom, and Dad was working in the basement in his office, and we said, okay, this is our secret. When he comes up, we'll have this surprise cupcakes for him. And can you imagine my frustration when my little brother, before we knew what was going on, immediately ran downstairs, knocked on my dad's office and said, Daddy, look what we're going to do for you. <laughs> he couldn't keep a secret. And yet, as adults, lying is pretty easy for us, isn't it? Lying will actually, a lie left, left out there can actually destroy, it can destroy your life. I don't know if you followed this in the news a couple years ago, but there was this uh, professor at the University of Saskatchewan. Her name is Carrie um, Barassa. I think I'm saying it right. And as you can tell, um, being uh, indigenous was a, a big part of this of Carrie's um, identity. She was the she was the head of an indigenous health research lab at the University of Saskatchewan, 
And she used to, she did a TED talk. She used to tell people about, you know, growing up as an indigenous woman, stories about with her grandfather and such. And then about a year or two ago, people that worked close with her, they started to, stuff wasn't lining up in her story. And they started looking deeper into her genealogy. And do you believe it? They couldn't find any indigenous blood in her at all. And she was actually completely Caucasian from Europe. They looked, those grandfathers that she talked about in her stories, they looked at them and they're actually from Eastern, Eastern Europe. And you can imagine what that does to a person's reputation. And so, of course, after some time, when she couldn't conjure up any evidence as far as what she was saying, she changed her story a little bit and she said that, you know, well, she was actually unofficially adopted by uh, a Métis man, and, but that's not the same thing. And so, of course, what happened eventually was that she lost, she lost her position, she resigned. And whether she, I don't know where her heart is. Maybe she really believes she is this, I, I don't know. But I know that this, this lie has really affected her career. <laughs> it's affected her reputation. This passage, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. It's actually talking about in court especially. You know, it's bad to lie about yourself, but it's even worse to lie about someone else. And in ancient days, when you went to court, you didn't have the same rights and privileges you have now. Oftentimes, you were guilty until proven innocent in many cases, and oftentimes, just one witness could seal the deal on whether you were guilty or not. And so God is concerned and says, I want you to be truth tellers. I want you to value the truth because the worst form of lying is one that condemns an innocent person. Truth telling. Are we truth tellers? You know, it's easy in life. I'm hoping many of us here have never seriously thought about, you know, robbing a bank or stealing someone's car, or, you know, looking at your neighbor's barbecue on his back deck and thinking, hmm, the next time he leaves, I know what I'm doing. I hope that none of you actually have felt those things. And yet, what about in the little things? Like, have we, let's just hit home for a moment. Have we ever, you know, pirated a movie, didn't pay for it? Or even one that's even harder than that, because I know many of us have done it, myself included, is do we, do we do cash jobs and then not claim it on income tax? That hurts. And I can think right now of all the reasons, yeah, but, yeah, but, and we list our reasons, we have our excuses, but as I said before, will it stand up when we talk to God, when we're in his presence? Will those reasons stand or not. Our integrity is not just a good thing to do, but it's also our worship. Our integrity is our worship today. When no one else sees what you're doing and you still do what's right, God sees that. He sees it. And also, our integrity, it, it represents Jesus to those around us to some degree. I was listening to a podcast this week about um, evangelism, sharing your faith, and they said still to this day, 90% of people that come to faith in Jesus come through and have a believer 
that is in their lives. What is that saying? That's saying that we have influence. Our integrity matters because it represents to a degree what people think of Jesus. Can you think of a time when your integrity was tested? A few years ago, Melissa, she was shopping in Superstore, and she looks down in the aisle, and what does she see? A $100 bill just lying there. Now, there's a couple ways you could approach this. You could, first of all, say, Hallelujah, praise Jesus. He has provided again. You know, you could go that route. <laughs> Manna from heaven, just falling down in the aisle of Superstore. Or you could take the other approach, which would be, you know, that $100 bill's not mine, so it must be somebody's. And so Melissa, she, she took it up to the cash and told them she found this bill. And a little while later, she was still shopping in the store. And the, the, the lady, the employee from Superstore comes and says, we found the owner of the $100 bill. And uh, from what I can remember, it was an elderly gentleman. And I think it was, you know, a social uh, security uh, check came out. And so I got the impression that Losing $100 for him would be, have a big effect on his month that, month, that time. And I'm wondering today what you would do in that situation. Would you do the praise Jesus he's uh, provided? Or would you do what I probably consider the right thing is see if it's anyone's first. I, wanna, I want us to close today. And just, let's bring it back. We've heard, you know, about the Bible. We've heard some stories. Let's bring it back to us. Is there anything in our lives that is not fully something that we can do with integrity? And I know we have all those excuses and say, nope, I'm good. But like, would we, if we really care about our relationship with God and being pleasing and honoring to him, can we say that, Lord, would you come and search out my heart? If there is anything, even so small, that is not quite right, would you show it to me? I don't want you to think today that I'm just telling you, you know, we just have to be better people. We just have to be more, more filled with integrity. We have to just, you know, push through and be a better person. No, not in our own strength. We can't just do these things on our own, but as a response and a result of Christ in our life, we're supposed to be different. So would we take a moment right now and just ask God, is there anything in this message, is there anything Holy Spirit that you want to say to me. And even if it's convicting today, would you at least listen to what the Spirit is saying? So let's pray. Father, our Holy Spirit, we just, we come to you today and we just ask, would you search our hearts, know our thoughts, See if there's anything wicked inside of us. See if there's anything that's not right. Any excuses we have been making, any self-justifications. God, we invite you in to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you to guide us and to show us what is right.
that we can live honorable, that we can be people of integrity, that when someone thinks of a person with integrity, they're gonna think of, they're gonna think of me, they're gonna think of people in this church, that that's a person of integrity, God. Help us to be different, not in our own strength, but just living fully in you today. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.